All right. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Those of you who are here live, really appreciate seeing faces, especially faces I know. Um, of course, you don't have to turn on your camera, but um, I love seeing faces and kitties. And uh, for those who are listening to the recording, welcome and thank you. Hi, good. So just uh, because some folks are new, um, I'm gonna give myself a little bit of an introduction and, uh, and some folks have been here quite a few times. But welcome to the embodiment space, uh, the first embodiment space call in 2021. And in this session, um, in this session, we are looking at the Hierophant and the archetype of the tarot, specifically because 2021 is the year of the Hierophant. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, as we as we get going. The embodiment space is a free session that I offer once a month. This year, starting in 2021. I'm going to be more regular on the timing. It's going to be the fourth Friday of every month. As you remember, those of you who've been here from the beginning, I was doing it a little bit more um, random, the dates, but we're, we're starting something new in 2021. Hi, friends. So in 2021, you can set your calendar by it. Fourth Friday of every month at this same time, we'll be meeting. And we always talk about something that something related to the overlap of somatics, meaning the study of the body and social change, how we're imagining and creating new futures. Um, and this being the first embodiment space in the, in this new, you know, in this, in this different era of a change in, in presidents and all the stuff that comes along with that. You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that's going to shift and change our conversation. Um, but the, I wanted to start with the hero fan because it is both the archetype of the year in the tarot and also because it's an archetype that that speaks to listening and stillness and I think we're going to need that um, quite a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to share my screen and go with some slides and then towards the end I'm going to open it up for questions and I um I'll also be keeping an eye on the clock so that there will be a time in the in the in the time that's open for questions where I turn off the recording. So if you have a question that you want to keep in this private space and not have it recorded you can ask it then, or if you have a question that you feel is, um, you know, you're open to having it be public, then you can ask it when it's um, when it's still in the recorded section. But um, I'm not going to be able to see you or the chat box when I'm sharing the slides. So just know that I'm not going to be seeing you. So I'm not ignoring you. I'm just not seeing you yet. Okay. So let me just share my screen then. Okay. So first, a couple community agreements, um, just as, since I recognize some faces and some folks are new. So when we are in the sharing portion, this is, and also in the comment thread, um, this is not a space to coach one another or to receive coaching. So that would mean that if you, if someone shares something of their experience, um, and then you wish to share after, it would not be, um, I'm, I'm saying what we're not gonna do is tell someone else how they could or should live their experience or experience their life. Instead, um, we are here to witness one another. And if you want to receive coaching, you can always contact me about that later, but I'm not gonna be diving in and diving into deep personal stuff with you um, out of respect for the group and also out of respect for you and for me. If you are a person of the global majority, meaning a, bi, a black or indigenous person of color, you can interrupt me whenever you feel the need to with a question or with a comment, you can just unmute yourself and, and speak up. 
But if you are white, please wait until the question and answer time to ask the questions. And this actually does include in the chat. Um, I know that everyone's got different Zoom protocols, but a way that I like to do it is um, it feels like it's a separate conversation that kind of can easily distract. So um, unless it's something, you know, like really necessary, in which case I'd rather have everyone wave their hands because I can't see the chat, um, hold back and share it when it's when we're when our focus is there. Uh, and then when it is time for the question answer section, take one breath for every privileged identity that you hold, meaning if you are cisgender, white, male, able-bodied, all of those privileged identities, meaning default identities, take a breath and then share so that we're creating more space for voices that have been sort of, that are in a standardized ways pushed to the side. We're saying, no, there's, there's more space for those voices here. And we're keeping an awareness of time because we do end at the hour. So if you're uh, asking a question, just check the time and, um, and uh, act accordingly. <laughs> okay. So like I said, I'll pause the recording towards the end. So that'll be just off the record. If you have anything you wanna share off the record, that's typically where some juicy stuff comes out. So hang on if you, if you can hang out with us. And, um, and just a note on sort of, you know, giving credit where credit's due. Ideas are fluid, we're all growing together. I'm gonna to do my best to, to always acknowledge where I get my ideas from or where seeds come from, um, and then just do the same for me. So you're welcome to share this. The recording will be public, um, but just, uh, you, know, you know, you know when it's appropriate to share credit. I trust that you know that. Okay, so 2021 is the year of the Hierophant. The Hierophant is one of the major arcana of the tarot. So for those who might be new to the tarot, a little bit of just basics there. The tarot is a set of 78 archetypes. They are, are the four suits um, and they run really similar to playing cards that you might be used to. So through ace through a king is the typical way of, of four suits. Traditionally, those are wands, discs, swords, and pentacles. Oh wait, no, cups, sorry. Wands, discs, swords, and cups. Discs are sometimes called pentacles. And then there are 22 archetypes of the major arcana. They are numbered from zero through 21. So it starts at the fool, card zero, and it goes through the, uh, the world or the universe or the multiverse, depending on which deck you're looking at, uh, card 21. And when we say that the, uh, a certain year is the year of, what we're doing is we're adding the numbers of that year and then that card that is associated with that number is then sort of like the archetype of that, of this year. So two plus two plus one, or two plus zero plus two plus one equals five. And the Hierophant is card five in the major arcana. So that's why 2021 is the year of the Hierophant. 2020, for example, was the year of the emperor because the emperor is card four and two plus two equals four. And 2022 will be the year of the lovers because the lovers is card six and two plus two plus two equals six. So you can see it, it goes like that. So it's, it's a way of sort of marking through the, through the growth cycle of the tarot, sort of marking, okay, what, what is guiding us now? What can we, what can we be guided by? I don't use the tarot to tell the future. I don't, uh, that's just not the way I approach, approach it. It's not, I know, I know people who are quite skilled at it and you know, by all means 
find those skilled folks if that's what you're looking for. Um, you know, who can tell you like, oh, they can look at cards and be like, next Tuesday you'll meet this person and da da da. I look at it more as a way to receive a story because we call it a, a tarot reading because it is, it's a story that's laid out through these archetypes and through various positions. And we sort of create these visual stories and the cards themselves have different, um, they have different components and there's so much, there's so, so much that we can discover. And no one really knows the origin story of the tarot to, um, to imply that we could that we could cover everything that there is to cover about the hierophant in an hour is that would be really uh, egotistical and foolish. But even just to say that, you know, that I know, ev like I'm not positioning myself as an expert. I'm more coming to you as someone who is um, in the words of Octavia Butler, positively obsessed, <laughs> meaning rather than negatively obsessed, like it's not a negative obsession in my life. This is actually a positive obsession. But I think about this all the time. And as a result of thinking about this all the time, I get cool ideas about the tarot. That's what I'm coming to you as. So if you have different ideas, they are so welcome. If you have heard different things, experienced different things, like by all means. Um, but I'm just sharing with you what, uh, what feels true to me. So a bit of sort of an idea of what the Hierophant is. Because out, out of all the major arcana, it's the word that's the, it's, you know, we've got like love and chariots and emperors and empresses and you know wheel of fortune and then there's like the hierophant like what is that it's called the pope in the Marseilles deck but a hierophant this comes from wikipedia is a person who brings religious congregants into the presence of what that which is deemed holy as such a hierophant is the interpreter of sacred mysteries and arcane principles so it comes from the from Thayera, the holy, and I would, I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but finin, to show, so to show the holy. So that for me points to the hierophant as both a teacher and a mystic. So I was having a conversation with someone just, just, a, just a little while ago who was referencing their connection to the hierophant and the hermit, and sort of the hermit is another archetype of the tarot. And, uh, and how they can, they frequently can, you know, sort of blend the two. But whereas the hermit is not really interested in sharing with others, the hermit is not, not interested, but it's not about others. The hierophant is very much about retreating to be able to listen. And so is the hermit, the hermit retreats to be able to listen. But importantly, the hierophant listens to be able to then teach. And so as a, that was a, it's a quote from the, from the Course in Miracles that what you teach is teaching you. So the Hierophant is retreating to be able to teach knowing that the teaching is going to take them deeper into it. And uh, Angelus Arian who wrote the Tarot Handbook, which a book I highly recommend, says that the Hierophant walks the mystical path with practical feet. So while this is definitely about going into the mystery, it's not about staying there. It's about going into the mystery and then coming back. Um, we can look, for example, at, you know, I'm not saying this to, to impose Christianity or you know, imply that I follow Christianity, but Jesus went into the desert. He went into the desert for 40 days and then he came back. He came back with something to offer. He didn't go into the desert and stay there. He went there and he came back. And that is very much um, part of the hero's journey of the, the hero fan. 
Alejandro Dororowski, who uses the Marseilles deck um, in his book, uh, The Way of the Tarot, La Vie del Tarot, he wrote that the Hierophant, it's not only that he is the, the, the one who blesses everything. So, bendigo lo que oigo, lo que veo, lo que siento. Bendigo nuestro mundo hasta nuestros problemas. I bless what I hear, what I see, what I feel. I bless our world, including our problems. So again, this is not about retreating away to be able to go into like the deep quietude and the deep mystery that can only that is only possible when you are in the cave and you know away from society. This is about going into quietness so that you can see, hear, taste, feel, touch more, and then blessing it all, accepting it all. Right. And in this, in this case, for me personally, I see blessing as acceptance, not just as, you know, rather than like some sort of like making it the holy water. Instead, it's like, I accept this. I accept our world. I accept all of, all of our world, including our problems. I'm not going to just focus on what I like or what I want. I'm accepting and blessing all of it, all of what I am, all of what I see, all of what I feel and all of what makes us. That's a really big difference than how we're sort of, than how our hierarchical mindset sort of wants to place this in position, right? This is good and this is bad. I bless this, but I curse this. And the Hierophant is saying, I bless it all. I accept it all. And I, I take it all as, I take it all into me so that I can sort of digest and then be able to offer something So this is the Hierophant from the Somatic Tarot, the, the deck that I created. And I wanted to just explain, I know my, my designs are a bit more cryptic maybe than some, but I wanted to, to explain what this one means to me, especially since I'm sharing what the Hierophant means to me. And then if you have ideas about what the Hierophant means to you, I am so excited to hear about it. But all of this is about expanding into a deeper listening and a deeper knowing. In the Hierophant, the reason that there are three triangles in the Hierophant, notice they place the Hierophant in the desert, just like Jesus goes into the desert. The desert is a place of quiet, right? I live in the, I live in the jungle and that's why you, right now things are pretty quiet, but you'll hear roosters and parrots and other people. It's not a very, it's never a quiet place where I live. But the desert, even just looking at that landscape has a certain quietude to it. So we go into the quiet, away from the chaos, into the quiet. And then there are these three layers of knowing. One is conscious knowing. And that for me is this triangle here, the lowest one. The gold represents truth, truth with a capital T. And then all of these radiating circles out are sort of like the rippling truth expanding outward from the from the central source. Conscious knowing, it touches into truth. It touches into the ripples of truth. What we know, we know, right? I know, I know things, right? I know gravity works. I know water hydrates me. Um, but of course, we have to also recognize that some of what we think we know is based in lies. And I'll get more into that in a moment, but the conscious knowing can be wrong. And I think, and 
because we are now coming out of these four years that so radically transformed the, the political and social landscape, but also now moving into a new, a new era where it's like uh, this, a lot of people wanna go back to normal, but that's a fa fallacy. And a lot of people are anxious to get back to comfort, but that just means ignoring what has been true for a lot longer than four years. One of the things that we have to re retain is this awareness that a lot of what we thought we knew, especially those of us, I'm speaking to those of us with, with systemic and social privileges, like whiteness, like able-bodiedness, like being straight, for example, like all of the different things for which I asked you to take a breath at the end of when we go into the question and answer time. Those privileges might mean that you thought you knew something and you didn't actually know it because we've been taught lies and we've been taught lies as a way to, um, we've been taught lies as a way to control and manipulate us. So conscious knowing is what we know we know, but there's also always the potential for what we think we know to not be true. I hope that's making sense. Then there's a layer deeper and that's the layer of intuition. And that's the second triangle. Notice how the second triangle, it touches into the truth. It just starts to touch it. This is the intuition. This is when we do need to have a certain amount of quiet in order to be able to touch into that intuition because with so much happening, right? Our phones going like, you know, notifications binging and bopping and, you know, constant news cycles and so much all the time coming in, coming in, coming in. It can be really difficult to get to that still quiet place and be able to listen to our actual intuition especially because I don't, I mean, I speak, I speak for myself, but I think I speak also as a, as a person who, as a human who experiences this, it's very easy to get sort of swayed into fear and think it's intuition or have a difficulty discerning what is my, what is fear and what is intuition here, right? People who have their cameras on, maybe not if that's something that is true for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And that it is, it's difficult. And another layer to that as well is that sometimes something feels, might feel like I'm going to, like a, there's a choice or there's something, there's an opportunity in front of us or something is, someone is offering us something. And society would have us say yes, because, you know, we don't want to be rude. We don't want to ruffle feathers. We just want to kind of go with the flow. And now a lot of us have gained a certain amount of capacity to be able to say like, no, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. And we can name it intuition, but there's something deeper that might be a fear of change, a fear of actually having to rise into something different than what we're comfortable in that might have us say no to that thing. And so the subconscious knowing it touches into truth and I view it as a responsibility to be patient enough and slow enough to peel away where the fear of change and fear of the unknown is keeping me away from touching into the actual truth when I go into my intuition. But then there's something deeper and this is, this is the heart of the Hierophant for me and this is what I plan to use as my guide for 2021 is that there is something that is the beyond conscious knowing. 
And that is this reweaving into life, remembering that so much of what we've been taught about the world has taught us that we are um, above it, that we sort of, that the world exists for us. Look at the Abrahamic traditions. I mentioned Jesus before and look at the Old Testament where it's like, this world was created for us. It somehow is for us. And really whatever your personal um, religious or spiritual practice is, that is such a deep, deeply ingrained practice into the way that humans see themselves that it is, I would be surprised if it didn't have its threads in you somewhere, right? So that to go beyond that is to remember that I don't live on the earth. I don't live even like, you know, they talk about like the back to the land movements. I'm, I'm paraphrasing Martin, Martin Prichel here, where it's not about living on the land or off the land, but about living for the land, even living with the land. And that to me is the beyond conscious knowing where it ceases to be about me, this collection of blood and bones called named Abigail Rose. And it's about being in life, right? Which is even different than being alive because you can be alive and not be woven into life. <laughs> we see that actually quite a lot. So instead it's about consciously choosing to reweave myself into life. And that means going deeper than just my conscious knowing, deeper than my subconscious knowing and into my beyond conscious knowing. And that requires the stillness as the root of action, not as the avoidance of action. So here we are, we're in 2021. It's a wild year so far and it's only January 22nd, right? And there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of spectacle and there's a lot of unknown. And, and, and what 2020 did is that 2020 took away a lot of the ways that humans know to sort of find comfort and make meaning. We're social animals. And so, you know, normally we, we gather when we're feeling uncertain, we gather. We gather with our loved ones or we go to a beer or go get a beer at the corner pub or we go to a park or we do something to feel like I'm a part of something more than just myself. And 2020 changed that, it flipped it upside down. And all of us, all of us are spending more time physically alone. We might spend less time, like it might feel like we have less mental space because of all the Zoom meetings and all the social media and all the everything but there is more physical uh, separation, more physical distancing than, than we were used to before March, 2020. So in this case, stillness is not as a root of action is really different than the sort of stillness as the avoidance of action and stillness as the absence of action. Stillness as the root of action says, I'm going into myself not to, not to retreat away from the world, just to retreat, but to retreat and find something deep so that then I can act. And the action might be literally teaching, but it could also be just living in a way that models something that is different than how things have always been done. So stillness as the root of action is to me what the, what the hero fant teaches because it is a teacher and all. it's not just the teacher that stands in front of the room and lectures. And it's not the mystic that retreats, but then never comes back. This is the mystic that goes back and then comes forward with something to offer. So as we go into 2021, that's, that's part of the question. How am I going to create something of my life 
in a way that offers. What am I offering? Not necessarily by, you know, you know, it's not about necessarily getting out your soapbox, getting on it and having a big old talk. It's not necessarily about, you know, like offering some course or some, you know, writing the book. It could be, and then those are beautiful offerings. But even just the way that we live, just the way that we that we inhabit these incredible hours that we have each day to be alive, that in itself is the action that becomes an example. That is how we, that is the, that is the offering. That's how we bless everything, all that we see, all that we are, and all of our world, including the problems. For me, the hero event is also, it's going to be about find, listening to below what we're told and listening below what we think we know. And this is going to be essential. I said I was going to circle back a bit to this weird, strange post-Trump era. Because what's going to happen and what's already happening is that the gaslighting gets more skilled. We have to remember that um, we still live in a system that is, that is created to keep many people out of safety and out of comfort so that other people can have a lot, can have power, comfort, control, domination. We're still in that system. And what is happening is that now there are the, all of these spectacles and also, and also important actions, like re-signing the Paris Agreement is not a small action, but there's a lot of spectacle that keeps us, that might, that might keep us from remembering that this is still a broken system. There's so much righteous fire to having such an such a simple and straightforward wrong. <laughs> I know that's a weird grammatical sentence, but something being so straightforwardly wrong is a very, has, there's, it's easy to find that righteous fire when there is something that is more nuanced and difficult to sort of discern. We have to listen deeper below what we're being told and below what we think we know. We have to get more and more skilled at discerning what is intuition and what is fear and what is a desire for comfort? Because so many of us are so tired. So we have to yield. So the, the fear event and what, it, and what it offers in this blessing of all that is, is a yielding to what is. A yielding to what is, accepting what is, blessing it as being part of what is, right? So rather than cursing this part of the world that I'm so angry at or so frustrated by or so in despair over and holding up this other part, Instead, it says like, I accept it all and I use it all to increase my ability to go in, to go into stillness. So that now I can imagine and reach into new futures. I can reweave myself into the world so that I live with the world, right? I'm not living on it or off of it, I'm living with it. And that as the source of the imagination rather than this sort of, this sort of plopped on top teacher that just sits in lectures or the one that, that retreats and doesn't come forward. When we yield to what is, the way forward becomes illuminated. And that to me is a primary gift of the tarot is that the tarot is saying, here is a way, here is a way forward. I'm not telling you that this is what will happen. I'm not telling you it's what needs to happen. This is a way and it's always changing and there's always nuances and we're changing as it changes. So. We don't know what's ahead of us, but the way forward becomes illuminated to when we stop resisting to what is. So 
it's not, we're talking about how the the hero fan is the 2021 is the year of the hero fan and some of you are are um have been having conversations with me enough to know that when i mean when i say that i'm not saying that it's like a a dot on a line instead it's part of a cycle and the hero fan is helpful but i find it more helpful when it's part of the story that surrounds it and i find that even more helpful when i don't think of it as a story that has a beginning and an end but instead a story that is cycling through and i'm growing as the story is growing so everything cycles the moon cycles and seeds cycle and the seed is an especially beautiful way to to imagine this because remember that here we have the seed cycle so a seed grows into a seedling, grows into a fruit, grows into a tree, grows into the flowers, and then gives fruit. Right? This is a, an apple tree, but it's also what happens with like a squash plant. This seed is different than the seed that created this fruit because this seed contains everything that this fruit went through. Everything that this fruit has learned through its life is now contained in this seed. So what came before us is now also part of us. It's not like 2020 now, like bloop, done, we're done with that. And it's also not like Trump era, bloop, done, we're done with that. It's like now we are moving into this new future. We are moving into this new moment with everything that came before it. With, we, have, we have been fundamentally changed by what we have moved through. And that helps us in sort of, that helps me in recognizing that when I go into the stillness, it is a, I am going into stillness in a fundamentally different way than I did, than I would have done so, you know, a year ago, four years ago, 10 years ago, or 21 years ago, the last time that it was the year of the hero fan. Season cycle, it's, we're being pulled through, everything cycles, including the breath. And those of you who have been with me in that, we, we talk about how it's not even just an inhalation and exhalation, but there's the space and the pause, the stillness, which we'll do a little bit of that together in just a moment. The stillness that is a part of each breath, but we're fundamentally changing as we go through it. So as we do that, when we think of the, when we think of the hero fan, I find it helpful to remember that it's not just, this is not just one archetype. This is an archetype that is part of a story we live and learn through story, right? And because, and because I'm a body person, <laughs> anatomy looks at it like cut up. So it would just be like, here's just the hierophant. We're only gonna learn from the hierophant. But a somatic experience, a somatic approach looks at the whole, right? So we're living in cyclical somatic stories. This is from the top deck. So this is like, you know, you have the fool kind of like out of its, out of the linear story because it's card zero. And then you just sort of go along and the hero plant is right here, this one. But instead, what if we remember that the, that stories are cyclical as well. And that means that it's not just about what came before and what's coming after. So remember I said that 2020 was the year of the emperor and 2022 will be the year of the lovers but it's about how they all relate to one another in this constant cycling. So this is the somatic tarot, Major Arcana, and here's the Hierophant right over here. Here's the Emperor, here's the lovers. We've been moving through, we're moving through a cycle. So what does it mean to move through it, to be in a part of the cycle that is, that is so focused on stillness 
but not in stillness as a retreat, but stillness as a way to gain what is necessary to then come back and offer, right? Here's the, the hermit. The hermit is much more about finding the way forward by going in. Where the hermit is about just go in, go in, go in, go in. You don't know where to go, go in, go in, go in. But the hero fan is saying, no, I go, I go, I remove myself from all this action, all this noise, all this everything, and I come back with something to offer. So I want to stop the share and open it up to talking a bit, because that was a lot of talking from me. So <clears throat> Before I open it up, just a kind of a recap and thinking about the stillness and thinking about chaos and then thinking about everything that's got, everything's been going on in 2021 so far. And again, we're only in, we're in the first moon cycle of 2021. We haven't even had our second new moon. We're just getting started. The year is just getting its legs and already there's so much that's up. So what the Hierophant is offering is a way to go to stillness not to avoid the world, but instead to be able to find what it is that we have to offer. Right? A teacher doesn't have to teach everything. A teacher teaches what the teacher has to teach. A teacher teaches something and is taught by what the teacher teaches. <laughs> that sounds almost like a tongue twister. But so if, I'm if I am retreating away from the world, not to avoid the world, but instead to find what it is that I have to offer, that is me going deep into myself to then create an offering of my life, right? Rather than just going away because it's too much and I can't handle it. When it is too much, then yes, it's time to just retreat and be in the, in the quiet rather than filling ourselves with more spectacle. But this is more about how do I go into myself to then be able to offer something back? So, I'm going to open it up for public sharing right now for questions and kind of see what's coming up for folks. Remember that toward later on, I'll do a, a private sharing if you want to um, share something that you don't want recorded. But I want to listen to folks and see what, what if any questions or comments might be up for people now. I, I would love if you would share your screen on the somatic tarot one more time. I just, I started to get a, a little feel Nugget? for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a new way of looking at it. That was wonderful. You bet. So one of the interesting things always with the graphics for me is I love the play of in and out, up and down and uh, I was just looking at the tower and the emperor and then the, um, what is three? The empress. The empress, yeah. Okay, so the empress and then the, the hierophant. Um, it's so interesting how one goes down, one goes up, how um, one is relating to the ground, the other is just kind of relating to space. I, I really enjoy the the play in those. I, I love the abstraction is kind of what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I like I love that quote about um, 
mystical path with practical feet. <laughs> that was wonderful. I think that this is so interesting because it's this idea of your life being an example. I, I, I hadn't really kind of thought of that as your offering. So um, I appreciate you bringing that in. Um, oh, there's so much juicy stuff today. So I, I'll leave that there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I love I, I love that you're pulling things out from from looking at these graphics. I keep on being sort of surprised about them myself. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, look at that. Um, and that idea of uh, that idea of our life being the our life being the offering. For me, you know. I, I teach, it's one of it, and I love teaching. I teach movement, I teach English as a second language, I teach somatics, it's like, I love teaching. But then there also, but there's a way in which I've, I hold myself accountable to where the teaching, if it's only about the teaching and not about the living, then it's a bit like, it's theory, rather than, um, rather than the actual messy stuff, right? so easy to have this kind of like this ideological theory on how one should live and then it's like okay but then but then what happens when it's just like when when messy life becomes its messy life right and so that to me is one of the things i love about the hero font because the hero font like mystics to me they have this archetype of like perfectionism and sort of like a holier than thou feeling of just like oh wow like i I'm this, I'm the righteous one, right? And you can stop sharing your screen because this is great. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. So the, um, the, when the hero fan is like the, if the hero fan is holding up, up oneself as this righteous one, which of course we have to remember that every archetype in the tarot has, it has its, it has its shadow side. So I'm here, I'm talking about all the ways that the hero fan is teaching us of guiding us forward, but there's also ways in which we can sort of remember, oh, we can look out for this, right? That's to me what I love, one of the things I love about the tarot. The tarot is not saying like, you know, you will, you will suffer. It's just saying like, you could, you, you could prevent some suffering if you remember this. And one of the things to remember is that a risk of this sort of like mystical path, that's why one of the reasons I love too, the mystical path with practical feet is because like put your practical feet on the practical ground and get walking and see what you find rather than just holding yourself as so special and so sacred and so clean and so pure that you're not actually interested in getting out there and having tricky interactions with the actual world right whether that's a conversation or a relationship or just you know just living a life what does it mean to use the stillness as a way to then come forward and offer something more Other questions or ideas that come up? Or ideas too that, you know, I know looking at this at this group of people who are here with me live, I know I'm not the only one who has studied the tarot a lot. So go for it if you have things that you want to add.
one thing numerically that I've noticed is that, um, for instance, the Hierophant is the fifth card, and it can contain elements of cards one and four or two or three. Um, that it can be additive, and by the time you get to the multiverse, it, it's it's very complex. And when you get to the eleventh card, and I forget which one that is, justice perhaps. Uh it depends on which deck you're using, actually. Sometimes it's strength, sometimes it's justice. That those are master numbers, and, and so those are not additive numbers. Uh, so anyway, it's, so numerology and, and symbology and other factors also go into the cards uh, from what I've noticed and studied. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I hold that too with um, when considering that the Hierophant and the Intemperance, which is card 14, so one plus four equals five, have a lot to do with one another. And the Temperance is a card of, for me, it's a card of stillness and patience so that you can, for me, my relationship to Temperance is to go down into the heart of what it is that we're praying for. And then importantly, make sure that what we're praying for is, for, is what we dream and envision and not what we fear. Because hope is often the uh, hope is often what we fear will happen. It's a sort of a spin on what we fear will happen, rather than um, feeding into dreams. An example would be, um, I um, I could say it like, uh, I hope I stay healthy this year, right? And I hope I do, and all of you do as well. But that could easily be restated as I'm afraid of getting sick, right? Or it could be, I hope I stay healthy this year because in the world, in the future I'm envisioning, there is a vibrancy and an aliveness and an ability to expand into the world that is, that is more accessible when one is healthy. And so I hope I stay healthy this year, which is really different than I hope I stay healthy this year because I'm afraid of getting sick. But that's, we're going, I could, you know me, I could go really far into some weeds. So I'm going to keep myself contained. <laughs> other questions? And then I have a, I have a, a way that we, I would like to have us practice. But other questions or comments? I like that you pointed out that the, that the Hierophant is relational. Like that, that wasn't something I necessarily like was thinking of, but when you compare it to the hermit, thinking of that, um, that, that quality of being with, like the, the Hierophant is about being with, it's about being with the sacred text and then being with the people who the Hierophant is sharing that information with. And I think that just, that, that deepened me into my own understanding of, of like the Hierophant being my life card of being a facilitator and a teacher and somebody who, who translates the psyche into an understandable language for people. And, and I really like that you pointed out, I wrote that down, that teaching has to be about living. I really, really love that. Like if there is no application with these you know, the sacred text or the way that we're offering, you know, wisdom or knowledge, if there's not a way of embodying that somehow, 
then it's pretty useless to us. <laughs> There's no point in it. And I think sometimes, um, that, I think that was just such a good reminder for me because I have a tendency to get really abstract with things. And while I'm creating the curriculum for, for my program starting in March, I'm like, oh, but, but what is the purpose of this thing that I'm saying right now? What is the lived purpose for this particular concept? And that's really helping me like ground into um, being a better facilitator, being like really embodying that hierophant. Like how can this be lived by the people that I'm sharing this with? So I really love like that just opened up a lot of things for me when you said that. So I love that. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thanks for reflecting that. Yeah. Offering is about teaching is about living. <laughs> living is about teaching. I think that also to me offers um, room and space for, you know, we're so, we're so occupation oriented, especially in North America, well, especially in like the West and North American cultures, but it's like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What's your title? What's your job? And um, we forget that there's, you know, anyone who spends time with, with a little kid recognizes that, you know, it's not just school teachers that are teaching kids, right? It's like just by being around one another, we're teaching children how they interact with the world. And, um, and I've been considering over the last like you know last while <laughs> it's like okay so but when do we stop you know we we definitely shift out of that like sponge stage but we're always learning how to be around one another right like we're always sort of like we're, we're always in this stage of shaping the world and creating stories and narratives about the world based on how it is that we're engaging with other people and so we're teaching each other you know, one of my mentors would always say like, you're always teaching someone how to treat you. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you to, to respect my time or not to respect my boundaries or not. But it's also just like, I'm, we're always teaching one another about how, how the world works and how we're living through this new, this, uh, the unknown futures. Okay. I guess I have, no, no, go, 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 go. Okay. Thanks so much, Abigail. I'm learning a lot. I don't know much about tarot. Um, except for like a mini reading you did recently for me. And so I'm thinking a lot about like the theme I kept hearing was in that listening, what is the fear of change or fear of unknown mm. versus like that really was highlighted as I was hearing you um, versus what's the deep listening that the Hierophant calls us to do to then come out and fulfill our purpose. And so I'm wondering if there's like any, other subtleties in that listening that you can offer that help discern the fear of the unknown versus the truth with a capital T. Yes. Do you want to spend the next four hours talking so we can really get into it with me? <laughs> That's why um, small, small plug this Sunday, I'm, we're, I'm, we're starting a year long course, um, me and a few special humans and you're invited. It's called Luminous. And it's a year long journey that we're doing where we'll meet once a month for three hours so that we can really dive in and get juicy. And I'll make sure that you have that information. But that like one of the reasons when I was thinking about how I wanted to do it, I was like, oh, I want to give us a lot of time because that kind of question that you're asking, Kate, is like, I want to just like dig into it. Right. Because so much of what we think about, so much of what we envision and so much of this of this sort of like future visioning or future 
questing or, you know, like thinking about what might happen, so much of it is in fear. So much of it is, um, it's about what we don't want to happen. And so what changes when we find enough comfort, and I think this is a gift of the hero event to bless everything, right? Like that quote by uh, Jodorowsky of like, I bless everything I feel, everything I see, everything I am, everything I bless my whole world, including our problems, right? I mean, I know that a lot of people who are listening to this either live or on the recording, at least have ties to the US, right? And if not, like, I mean, Canada's got plenty of problems. So if you're from Canada, like you, you better know that you're not off the hook. So, and I live in Mexico and there's plenty of problems here. What does it mean to bless the problems, right? To bless them, not just be like, okay, yeah, I accept you, but to bless them. What does it mean to bless my own problems? I mean, oh my goodness. Sometimes I get so tired of me and all my nonsense, right? Just to not use swear words. It's like, oh God, this many years of dealing with this and here it is again. And so what does it mean to bless that? And really, you know, we to go to what Taryn was saying about relationship, it's like so much of that stuff comes up in relationship. When I'm by myself, I'm fine. I don't have problems. I don't have hangups. I don't have any, like, you know, I might have like, you know, a sad day or whatever, but I'm fine. But then put me in a, in a space where I have to relate with someone else. And it's like, oh my God, all this stuff is coming up, right? So how do I bless that? And then find the stillness within me that allows me to have a relational space that comes from, that comes from um, centeredness rather than from chaos, right? So that I'm responding rather than reacting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot more we could talk about. How about we have a few moments of a practice so that I'm not just, so we're not just in theory, we're in practice. And then we'll also make sure that we have some time. Oh, I see B. She, did you just want to say something? You're, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that um, what I really like is that this is a template for a really a style of acknowledging your own teaching with humility and with grace, because it's saying, you know, especially the way you described it with the three levels of knowing, you know, that it's a way that you can be humble in the teaching and not be like, oh, I'm the guru, I'm so groovy, like, you know, and I really, really appreciate that um, as an instructor myself, I've been given this card a lot and I always rejected it because I always felt like it was like, here I am telling you what I know. And instead it's like, whoa, I need, I enjoy that process of letting that, letting go. And the, your description of this really gave it a name for me and a structure. And so, you know, really beautiful, beautiful way of putting this together. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's really lovely to hear. I really appreciate that. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go into a practice. It's not going to be a long one, partly because, um, one of the things I love about this sort of more engaged and dynamic approach to the Hierophant is it's not about being so perfect that you need to go into a complete silent retreat for the next, you know, 30 days and not talk to anyone and only drink, you know, like alkaline water. You can do that, but it's not always about that, right? How do we find, because it's like, it, it doesn't, if we're talking about like this is a lived archetype, it's not really fair to be like, it has to be perfect or you can't even do it. It's like, how do you find stillness within chaos? Not 
not like, oh, there's chaos, so I have to completely remove myself, but how I'm in the midst of the mix, how am I gonna find some stillness in there? Let's, let's do a little practice just for a few moments. So since it looks like most people are sitting, so sit, <clears throat> but I would encourage you if you are sitting to, if you can, widen your seat. So like take your knees a little bit further apart if that feels good so that you give yourself more of a base. And then you might find that making a few little wiggles is helpful. Making some circles, rolling your shoulders, moving your head or neck. There's a whole lot of nervous system reasons that when we feel, when the chaos is coming in at us, we might need to move. So I'll just let you feel it rather than talk to you about why. And then let your jaw be soft so that your tongue can be soft in the cave of your mouth. And you are more than welcome to turn off your video so you can actually shake your tongue like a, like a weirdo, because it helps. There's a lot of reasons why moving your tongue changes how your belly feels. But as your body is moving and allowed to move, either close your eyes or turn your gaze down so that you're pulling your attention towards yourself. And out of that list of blessing what you see and hear and what you feel, we're turning towards what you feel. And they can be more gross physical sensations like hunger or tired or a need to use the bathroom. Or they can be more subtle sensations or less easily managed sensations like anxiety or fear or grief. Those are parrots, so apologize for the noise, but also let's celebrate that there are wild parrots in the world. And as you turn your attention towards yourself, this is your stillness. This is your center. Coming towards yourself. You can imagine going deeper and deeper, coming closer and closer to yourself. Not to pull away from the world, but to become more of yourself in the world. You might find it helpful to put your hands on your heart or on your belly. reminder that you are here this is you you are part of this world you're weaving yourself into it with every breath feel yourself as centered in yourself Here you are. 
And whatever comes, you know, you're living a day, you're living a life. So things will come that will pull your attention away from yourself. You won't be just in the same quiet place for the full 24 hours of your day. But can you anchor yourself into this moment, into this body as the core, as the hub that all your emotions, movements, and emotions come from? Hmm. Okay. When you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes. You can look around your space and then you can look back towards one another. Good. Now, because I said that, I did say that it was gonna be an hour. We are right up against that hour. I also said that I would make sure that you knew about Luminous. And I also said that I would give us time off the record to talk. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share this screen so you can see a bit of stuff about Luminous. And then we're gonna turn off the recording and those who need to go can go. And those who want to stay, I've got 10 extra minutes to, to stick out, to hang out and talk with you. So Luminous, it's a year long journey into the tarot. And what we're gonna do is over the course of the year, we're, gonna, we're going to look at the different archetypes of the major arcana and also the full story of each suit of the minor arcana. So for example, starting in the winter, so starting with uh, starting actually on Sunday, the fool and the magician, we're going to look at what it means to be the fool, what it means to be the magician, where they live in us. And then we're also going to start looking at the full story of the discs or the pentacles. So not just like, oh, this is the two of the two of discs. This is what the two of discs means. But what does the two of discs mean within the arc of the story from ace to 10? We'll look at the king, queen, page, and knight in a different, a different section. So we're going to do that in the winter. In the spring, we'll look at the cups. In summer, we'll look at wands, and in winter and in autumn, we'll look at swords. It includes personal readings with me, one for each season of the year, and also two that you can schedule at personally meaningful dates, including into 2022. So this way, you're you're sort of seeing how the tarot can be a guide, and also you'll learn how to read the tarot for yourself and for others. So you learn how to use the tarot as a tool. And you can reach out from, with me to me for questions, info at abigailroseclark.com or Luminous is, um, is the, uh, the, web, the web page. Now, I know that the thing is, is that um, 2021 has been quite chaotic. It's been quite a wild ride. So what I'm gonna do is on Sunday, all of the sessions will have times that are recorded and then a time that is not recorded where we're sharing more personal private things. I'm gonna share the public part of the of Sunday session, and then you can make your choice and I'll keep enrollment open until the beginning of February, the new moon of February actually. So that if you're like, hmm, I wonder, but you wanna see what it's like before you decide to commit to something for a year, I wanna make sure that you've got information before you make that commitment so you don't feel rushed. But if you're like, I 100% know, then by all means, come on in and be part of that first full conversation with us on Sunday, okay? Now I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you so much.